Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Everybody and welcome to another episode of There's Still Time, the AFTN Soccer Show. I'm your host, Michael McCall. As the ego-eyed and avid listeners will know, we didn't have a live radio show on Sunday. We decided to take the the weekend off because I'm over in Scotland right now, and I thought I'd give the guys a little bit of a break. But we didn't want you to have to go a week without a podcast, so that is why you've got this episode 378, a special show. All about goalkeeping, and in particular, a couple of the goalkeepers at Vancouver Whitecaps just now. This is something I've kind of wanted to do for a little while, and I I hoped in the off-season to do some kind of unusual, special things, but just the news kept coming, the shows kept coming, we never got a chance to do it. So this seemed a perfect opportunity just to dedicate a half hour or so, just looking at the loneliest position on the football pitch, the goalkeeper. You can be the hero, you can be the villain. You stand out on your own, you stand there, ready to take pelters from the crowd behind the goal. Anyone that came to Swan Guard back in the day from the opposition teams will testify to that. Goalkeepers have a reputation for being a different breed, a little bit crazy. You just have to look at some of the goalkeepers that that we've had here at the Whitecaps over the years. Very vocal, very shouty, Unique characters, even the goalkeeping coaches. Marius Rovda, certainly a character, and if you follow him on Twitter, you'll certainly be entertained. And the current Whitecaps goalkeeper coach, Yusef Daha, as well, is a a very interesting guy and a lot of fun to, to chat to as well. They are unique. What makes them tick? Why would someone want to be a goalkeeper? Why would somebody want to play in a position where there's only one player in that position that that's going to be playing? And if you're a backup, you might never get any minutes for years. We've certainly had some guys here in Vancouver that can fit that mould a little bit. So to kick things off, I sat down with the Whitecaps' current number one goalkeeper, Max Cripple. A guy that's come through the ranks at Montreal, went out on loan to Ottawa Fury, came to Vancouver, was expected to maybe be the backup last season, won the starting position in pre-season, had an outstanding season, setting an MLS record along the way for the number of single saves in a game. Just a phenomenal first year at the White Caps for Max Cripeau. Something else that was phenomenal is the chat we had with him as we just analysed everything about why he wanted to be a goalkeeper, what makes him tick, 
It's a really good chat. There's a little bit of swearing in it, so maybe if you're playing this at work, you might want to say it's not suitable for work. But hey, what's that? A couple of F-bomb slips here and there. Just shows the passion, which of course, goalkeepers have in abundance. Here's Max Cripple. We're not only talking about the white caps. I want to talk to you, Max, about what it's like being a goalkeeper. Okay, yeah, interesting. And it's it's some... actually fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine that. Because yeah. like everyone, I know you're not meant to call folk crazy these days. It's not like the N word, but it's like everyone always talks about goalkeepers being a special breed, a little bit crazy. Is that fair to say? It's uh, it's not. F- True, but it's not false either. I think there's it's an in-between. We're definitely different than the players. I think we all like uh, to suffer inside. To, uh, when, when I mean suffer is uh, to work so hard sometimes on, on either uh, our positioning, tactical, uh, technical. And uh, goalkeeper physical training is different than a player physical training. I don't believe we need to run for an hour uh, back to back. Yeah. I think we need to be really good at uh, 30 seconds on, 30 seconds off, uh, and be ready to, to do that for 90 minutes. Honestly, it's a different way of training. Um, but yeah, I think we're a little bit different because we play in a collective sport, and in the mean side, in the same side. We, it's a little bit of a, as an individual because you're all in your own little bubble during the game and yes, you have interactions with the players but um, you all, you're alone in there as well. So uh, yes, it's a, it's a different breed but it's true but it's false at the same time. I was going to ask about the loneliness of it. You, you are out there on your own because you can have a game like you had against San Jose where you make 16 saves and it's like you're the hero and you set a record and everything's great. Or you could be playing in a big game. It's the last minute. You let the ball through your legs, or your, your hands, and you're the villain. Mentally, what kind of person do you have to be to cope with all those like extreme highs or extreme lows? Yeah, I think uh, highs are very high and lows are very low. And uh, I mean, you have to be neutral. If you have a great game, you have to be neutral about it. it says, okay, next one. And then if you have a, a game that not, it's not going your way or or it can be a half a second uh, going your way and uh, you're, you'll be the one that all the spotlights are with you and it's the lonely, loneliness that you, you've said about it. You have to be neutral about it and say, okay, uh, had a great game, it's okay, next one. And then if I have the bad moment, it's how am I going to react to it? And when you have the, the low moment, you can't show it to anyone because uh, as a goalkeeper, I believe that the confidence is everything. Uh, yeah. regarding of your, the image you, you, you show to your players, to your teammates, but to the opponent as well. And, um, you know, all the players sense that of a goalkeeper, I think. When he's a little bit shaky, people feel it. When he's confident and, and has no fear, they feel it as well. And they give, give you, the guys in front of you uh, the confidence of say of uh, oh shit sorry I'm sorry <laughs> that, that came out that came out naturally the only but... other player we've had on a show that swore was Stefan Marinovic ah here so it there is. we go there so it that's it's a okay. goalkeeper thing yeah I'm, uh, I'm too comfortable <laughs> I'm too comfortable it's okay but hey, that's good yeah it's um, exactly where uh, you need to be uh, neutral about it and, and to show that you have a bubble around you and no one's going to go in that bubble within the highs and lows. 
when you listen to you talk like that, because everyone knows what it, that's what it's like, opposition coaches, they look at goalkeepers' weaknesses as to what it's going to be to, oh, he, he's not good at going down on that side or he's not good with crosses. You know you're under the scrutiny, you know the pressure. Why choose to be a goalkeeper? The goalkeeping, uh, the goalkeeping chose me. The goalkeeper chose ah. me. It's, yes, I did not choose it. I went because uh, when I was young, our goalkeeper was in there. I was defender. I was ten, and uh, I still remember. It was the best time of my life. Where uh, as a young kid, I remember it was the feeling. Oh wow, I'm made for this, and I loved it right away. So the position chose me, uh, not the opposite. Now, you said you don't want to let on to other players if you're down about letting a goal in or something like that, but are you the kind of player that you go home, you analyse everything that you've done, and you're like, oh, should, I, should I have done that better? I should have come out quicker? I should have got down quicker? Yeah, I do like to analyse uh, analyze, uh, performances and even training when, when we have the possibility to, um, because it's important when you do something well. Uh, it's important to see, okay, what did I do well, and why didn't well it went well? Is it because of my first touch? Is it because of my positioning? Is it because of extra, extra, and when there's something that I can improve? Well, I should have done this instead of. And uh, those are the little details that you gain. You gain so so much a difference when you're on the pitch to look at your action back to see. How can you do something better? And I do analyze the day of the game. I don't. I, I don't even want to. I might be happy. I might be frustrated. We don't know regarding the result. So I'm just check out my check my brain out of the game for a little, and then the next day or two days after, I'm getting back on it. And if we play every three games, the next day I'm I'm making sure I have my videos. We've had goalkeepers here through the years and there's a lot of famous goalkeepers that are known for like yelling at their mm-hmm. defenders. David Oustead was like just let rip constantly at, at the defence. It's kind of a stereotype that goalkeepers have that that's what you do. You're always screaming at somebody. It's, uh, I think it's, uh, it's an old, uh, old thing now to scream on your defence. I think now it's 2020, it's communication really. Uh, right. It's really communication. Uh, I mean, yes, there's some goalkeepers in the league that goes nuts around uh, on, on their defenders and midfielders, but I don't believe, personally, it's not in my values of hammering my guys. They were, were in it together. They're working for me. I work for them uh, to, get the, to get a clean sheet at the end of the day, but how I see it is the communication of it, the, pri- the, the precision of, of what what's going to be coming out of your mouth regarding of if they have the ball and there's a free man or the pressure coming left or right or that type of thing. I think it's more of a communication matter and you can say everything on the field. It's just how you, you said it. Yeah. That makes the, and this is on the field and in life. It's the same thing. You can have a conversation with anyone. It's just a matter of how you say things and, and you need to know your, your guy in front of you because uh, it's not every people that receive the same message in the same way. Because that's what I was going to ask, because like screaming at a teammate, you, you've got to work with that guy. It's like, yeah. there's a good chance they'll turn around and go, well, piss off, you should have done this. Sometimes it happens, and it's the natural thing about it. Yeah. There's, it's a game of emotion. Sometimes I'm going to have a go at a guy, which he knows it's none of it per, personally. Yeah. And uh, two seconds after, we're hugging each other and say, oh, great play, which is normal as a sport, and it's an emotional game. And... Uh, you have to be able to say it sometimes and you have to be able to receive it sometimes, which is totally normal.
going back like mentally wise and like the mentality the goalkeeper apart from being lonely on the pitch it's also that position where there's only one guy can play in any one game and like you've been a backup before you're now the, the, the starter here you're everyone knows you're the guy that we hope you're going to play every single minute of every single game this season but to be a goalkeeper and like know that you're going to be on the bench you're maybe only going to get your chance if your teammate messes up mm-hmm. or if he gets injured how how difficult is that to stay focused and have the right mindset i think it's uh it's a daily process, really, goalkeeping. You cannot watch the long term because you have no idea what can happen. Um, I think uh, when you're playing, you need to be ready for game day. Your priority is to be ready for game day, to feel to feel great uh, mentally, physically, etc. Uh, when it comes to kickoff and when you don't play, I think it's managing your load of uh, how can I be a better goalkeeper. Yes. Maybe I'm not getting the minutes I want, but how can I train harder and get my volume up regarding of, yes, you have to be ready if uh, the number one gets injured while there's a game. So it's managing your your load and how you want to work in the week, but in the same time, you arrive in the game and you're fresh, you're not beating up if something happened. You don't need to name specifics or players or any teams or anything like that, but have you ever been on the bench and you see the, the starting keeper go down and like yes I'm going to get in here no it's <laughs> it's. I hope uh, all the number twos are not there's some number twos are probably like that is for sure but I, I, I wasn't be, I've got to say. yeah but I wasn't like that because uh, my my guy that is working right there is my team is my brother you know what I mean on yeah. a daily basis we're together in this and we coach each other and we we push each other so um I, if it's the first reflex in your mind, uh, you're not a good one. <laughs> but no, but, but uh, if it's the... Naturally, it's going to come and say, okay, I'm ready and I can step up. But um, in the meantime, no, it never happens. That uh, You can't think about that. You have to be a good person first, too. Oh, that's yeah. good to know. Now, there's going to be moments in, in your career where things haven't gone well. Mm-hmm. You've, there's a goal that you're like, oh, I want to have that back. Is there one particular goal, either as a pro, maybe even from youth days, that you play over and over and over and you torment yourself with it? Oh, uh, well, when when it's past, it's past. You can't change anything. Yes, you watch video and say, oh man, I, I should have, I should have. Uh, but um, in the meantime, what can you change about it? It's finished. But there's yeah, a goal that I remember that from last year. Um, it treated us free kick against New York FC at a home. It was the San Jose game away, Montreal away on the Wednesday, flew on the Thursday, Friday training, game Saturday against uh, New York. And uh, the free kick goal, the guy we were pushing was 2-1, and that made the 3-1, and I got caught up on my first post, which which I thought uh, he was going to cross. And listen, uh, it's on me. I screwed up on this one. And I felt I felt bad uh, after the game because I knew the guys were pushing it. That literally killed the game three um, one. But yeah, that's one goal that I, I remember from last year. That I was, I was like, okay, that one's on me. And it happened sometimes. Now uh, it's not gonna happen uh, again because I know exactly how to approach the same type of uh, of situation. So if it happens once, okay. If it happens twice, well, now it's you have to you have to dig deeper. I was listening to a Scottish goalkeeper, actually just on the way in today, and he was talking about, he used to wear different gloves for every single game, 
But then as the balls changed and they kind of got slicker and slippier, he found he couldn't get a grip and he needed to keep the same gloves to wear them in. And a lot of other goalkeepers, I know, they just maybe like two or three gloves for the whole season. Mm -hmm. What are you like? Do you like to have a set glove that you use until it's worn out? I actually have, uh, in season, uh, we'll train with, uh, I have a training pair. And uh, if it, the pair is like one one week old where it's like four or five sessions, I will wear them before uh, in a game, no problem. If they start to lose their their composure, because the latex is uh, fragile sometimes on turf, it kills quick, but on the grass, obviously, it's better. Um, I think uh, I can last a pair two to three weeks. Okay. Two to three weeks I can last a pair, uh, depending on where we are and if it's pouring every day and stuff like that. Um, but in the game, I rather have a game that I was I wear it once or twice, uh, not brand new gloves. But I like to wear once or twice prior to the kickoff. There's a book out in the UK. I'm going back to Scotland next week for a, for a couple of weeks. There's a book I'm going to try and bring you back. It's called Glove Story, and it's just about its history of football gloves and various things. I'll try and get you a copy of that because I think you'll enjoy it. Perfect. Last thing. I know on Monday you said you don't want to talk about 2019, and I don't. Mm. But this is a this is different this year because you're in training camp. You're in as the starter. Does it feel different to you, or do you approach it the same way? No, I approach it the same way. Approach it the same way. Where last year, the, me and Zach and I were coming in and uh, was fighting for a spot. Uh, this year, we we draft uh, Danny uh, to, to to match the goalkeeper crew with Tom and. Uh, and Isaac, uh, that, that is is with us in preseason, but my approach doesn't change uh, much. I have to be honest with you. Um, I came here not to win a spot. I came here to prepare myself to play the whole season. So now it's the same thing over again. I have to prepare to to, to play a season, and I have to prepare to to help my teammates on the field. And um, the approach is daily. I, I said it. Uh, Five minutes ago, where it's a daily thing. You, yeah. you need to to be able to come in and do your thing on the field. Uh, try to push yourself and and mastify uh, the little details that you are rushing sometimes on it uh, and feeling me about more and more comfortable about doing. You need to be comfortable doing uncomfortable things more and more. Uh, which for some of the individuals, everything is, sometimes it's different for for everyone. Um, but the approach doesn't change. It's a daily thing, and now is the mindset of the preseason. You put the full field in the tank, and it's gonna last the whole year. Uh, we have uh, we have fixtures coming up in preseason. You're thinking about that too as well. You, you're you're younger to play and stuff, and then uh, the goal is to be ready the whole squad for for the 29th of February. Can you play all 34 games plus cup this year? Yeah, well, that's what's how I'm prepared to. That, that's our our job, and that's how I prepare to. Obviously, uh, you never you never can say I will play. Uh, anyone in the world can't say they will play because they don't know what's regarding of the travel. It's a reality here in this league. Sometimes there's delays. Yeah, there's delay. There's flight canceled. I remember last year, Casey. We played Casey on the Saturday. And we had to flew on the tube. We trained in KC, flew with the Tuesday uh, in New York Red Bulls, but our flight got canceled. So we red eye a charter flight, and we were at 3 a.m. in our hotel rooms. I remember seeing that on Twitter, yeah. And we were playing at 7. And uh, Zach did play this game because uh, 
we were playing on the on the Saturday again back here back home, so we had to do the East Coast and then the West Coast travel. So it's uh, I'm prepared for this, but now obviously we never control uh, all the all the things that can happen regarding the travel or anything. But I am prepared for this. That's great. Thank you so much for your time. Sorry that went on no, so long, but good. I really it really enjoyed good. that. I appreciate it too. Keeper, you just made a decent save. So why do you feel the need to rant and rave? Screaming at defenders makes you look dead stupid Especially when they haven't done much wrong Please cease the trait Max Kripal there, and I know I say this a, a lot about the interviews and it's kind of becoming a bit of a running joke on this show but that was genuinely one of my all-time favourite interviews it was just... Really good chat. It was another one of my infamous, well, I won't be too long with you, maybe 10 minutes, and then, of course, it goes on a little bit longer, but really enjoyed talking to Max. We spoke a little bit after it as well. Max uh, enjoyed just chatting about being a goalkeeper, and I think a lot of good insights there. Hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. And, true to my word, I have picked Max up a a copy of the, the book Glove Story, which I think is what we're just going to call this episode of the, the podcast as well. It's a fantastic 148-page book all about goalkeepers. If any goalkeepers are, are listening to this, really recommend that you check it out. It's a UK book. It's written by Rob Stokes, Derek Hammond and Gary Silk. Now, those guys have produced a series of books over the years in the Got Not Got range. It's kind of a series of books looking at football memorabilia and collectibles and... Just lots of childhood memories for people my age, old people, but also for other folk as well. The books are a curse in a way because it's great, it brings back lots of memories, but then it's cost me an absolute fortune buying stuff on eBay that I've seen and I'm like, oh, I remember having that, and oh, I don't remember that, but I wouldn't mind owning that. So, yep, spent a lot of money over the years and got a few more things on this trip as well that I'm bringing back with me. Now, the the book Glove Story kind of looks at a variety of things. Some of the most famous goalkeepers through the years, the history of the goalie glove, goalie bags, goalie jerseys, just routines of goalkeepers, some of the best ever saves by goalkeepers, and memorabilia. It's just, if you're a goalkeeper, you're going to love it. Hopefully, Max will, and I'll drop that off at training temp when I get back. Now we finished up Max's section there with a a little snippet of a song from old favourites of the show Half Man Half Biscuit. It's a a little bit from a song called Letters Sent. But we couldn't have an episode of the AFT and Soccer Show about goalkeepers without picking a wavelength song about goalkeepers. And I thought being back in Scotland is maybe fitting to get a Scottish song about a Scottish goalkeeper. And that's just what I've done. From 1991, by Dundee singer-songwriter Michael Mara. This is from his 91 album on Stolen Stationery. And I'm not 100% sure if that's when the record came out, or if it was included on that, or whatever. But it's a, a song dedicated to the famous Scottish goalkeeper Hamish McAlpine, who was best known, really, for his time playing with Dundee United. 477 appearances he made for Dundee United between 1966 and 1986. Kind of finished his his career at a big rivals off his five Wraith Rovers where I saw him play, played 72 games there. 
And one of the things that, that McAlpine was famous for, I mean, we talked a lot there about the craziness of goalkeepers and, and various things like that as well. And McAlpine certainly fitted that mould of being a, a goalkeeper that was a, a little bit nuts. I guess Bruce Grobelar is another one that instantly springs to mind, former Vancouver Whitecap player. McAlpine was known for swinging off his, his crossbars when the, the ball was at the other end of the pitch, partly to stretch out, partly just to keep himself entertained and entertain the crowd. And it used to just lead to, to fans kind of chanting, Hamish, Hamish, swinging the bar, Hamish. Swing on the bar. And that's exactly what he did. So this is a beautiful song by Michael Mara, penned for Hamish McAlpine's testimonial. This is called Hamish the Goalie. Keeping out the wolf in his particular way A smile and a wave are miraculous, save they say Out runs Hamish and the balls in Invergaldi Bay As they gently terrorize Call the sentry, oh Hamish, give us a song Raising the voices as high as the bridge is long Nassau said hello and did you miss him while his voice was gone? I remember that time it was an evening game European tie in the howling rain Gus Foy pointed to the side of the goal and said There's Grace Kelly by Taylor Brothers calling Tanadice As the fortunes rise Smiling when he hears Ah, oh, it's only a game Win, lose or draw You'll get home to your bed Just the same Hamish Stokes Young man's dreams Into a burning flame Stokes young man's dreams into a burning flame
Wonderful song there by Michael Mara, Hamish, the goalie from 1991. Now, McAlpine is still alive, 72 years old he is right now, and he's a guy that I remember a lot from, from my childhood and kind of growing up, and and a lot of kids, when you are growing up, goalkeeper is one of those positions that you, you don't really want to play. Kind of touched on that there with Max Cripot and he said the position found him and he loved it when, when he went and goal as a kid and found that that was what his calling was. And another guy that is on the Whitecaps team, a young guy as well, is residency graduate Thomas Hassel. Fighting just now for backup time as the, the Whitecaps goalkeeper. Of course, the Whitecaps have added another goalkeeper in Brian Meredith in the, the recent trade window. Won't be official until the, the trade window opens next week, but he is now a Vancouver Whitecap as well. So imagine he's going to be the number two. Then you've got Thomas Hassel, who has an MLS deal, and David Gaglardi, who is the MLS draft pick from the second round, kind of battling it out. You have to feel that Hassel's got the, the minutes down so far in the, the pre-season in San Diego and Los Angeles. So you've got to think that it's going to be him that is going to be the number three guy on, on the team. Hassel is 20 years old just now and originally born in Ontario. He joined the Whitecaps Saskatchewan Academy in 2013 before making a move to the full residency programme in 2016, joining up with the, the under-18 side. And he's done really well there. He's a key member as well of the development team. He's represented Canada at under-18, under-20 and under-23 level and he's definitely one for the future and a very, very bright prospect as well. So I thought it'd be nice for this goalkeeper special to have a, another catch-up with Thomas. We spoke to him a couple of years ago just when he was kind of coming through the residency programme and we knew what a, a key player he was going to be. Signed an MLS homegrown deal in March 2019 which takes him through to the end of this coming season and there's options as well for 2021 and 2022. So just asked him what it's like now as a signed player in pre-season because he hadn't previously been in previous pre-seasons and just talking about his journey as a goalkeeper. Why did he want to become one? Was he like Max Cripot? Was it a calling for him as well? In a certain way, yes. And let's hear exactly what I mean by that now. I'm doing a thing about goalkeepers. What makes you tick? And because yeah. you're a unique breed, it's always been described. Mm. So, like, have you always played as a goalkeeper? Uh, since about under twelve, I have. Um, at that time, I kind of played half out, half goalkeeper, and then U14 is when I really got serious. Because when I was growing up, mm-hmm. everyone wanted to be a striker. That's what everyone wanted to do. And it's like someone, never, no one ever wanted to go and goal. What was it that made you? think you know I want I want to be the goalkeeper mm-hmm. uh, actually my grandfather was a goalkeeper and right. he's one of my big role models um, so he's kind of what put me towards that path to be a goalkeeper because being a goalkeeper you're it's a lonely position you can have a, a standout game like Max and set a record with 16 mm-hmm. saves you can let a ball through your legs and it's like you're, you're the villain what kind of pressure do you feel it brings to you uh, I think it is the hardest position for sure. Um, like you said, you make one mistake, you're the villain. Um, you make 16 saves and you're the hero. It's not like being a striker and you score one goal. But I think I think that's what makes it good. I think goalkeepers, we crave having to um, be kind of perfectionists, I'd say. Um, it's not just one thing that we do, it's the whole thing. And that's what drives us, I believe. And like 
apart from being the lonely position, there's only one position that you can play on the pitch as well. Mm-hmm. What do you have to have, like, mentally? when, you, Like, even coming through the residency, you split time with the guys. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, what do you have to be, like, mentally to be prepared for that, to play backup roles, not playing in every single game? Mm, I think, well, people say goalkeepers are a bit crazy. Um, but I think you've got to be patient. Uh, whether you're playing, you're not playing, training, not training, you've always got to know what point you're at and know what you have to do. Um, if, you're, if you're working, you know you've got to work. You know you've got to focus. If you're playing, you know you've got to ready, get ready for the games. So I think it's about knowing what kind of point you're at and doing what you can to the best of your ability. And you've worked with a lot of goalkeeper coaches over the years and some of them are a little bit crazy. You could kind of say, like, Yusuf's very vocal when he's out there and stuff as well with you. Is that a fair tag to have to goalkeepers that you are a little bit different? I guess so, yeah. I think I think everyone's a bit different. You look at everyone. I think we get labelled a little bit, but uh, I guess you got to be a little bit crazy to go on goal and get shots just pummeled at you. I was listening to a chat with a goalkeeper in Scotland and he talked about he used to change his gloves every single game but then with the newer balls they're slicker and he can't get a good grip on it do you keep the same gloves or do you change them regularly uh, I actually coming up through the residency I would wear maybe two or three pairs of gloves the whole year um, now I'm more fortunate I've got a bunch of pairs so I do change them for bigger games and I'll I'll wear a pair for maybe three four games and have a few for training what's the most embarrassing um that's tough. Embarrassing goal. Yeah, I'll tell you my. Oh yeah. Uh, I used to be a goalkeeper. Oh, right, discussion. Cool. Okay. Uh, I'm like about the penalty spot, long distance shot goes mm-hmm. over my head, mm-hmm. turn it around, hits the crossbar, bounces right off my face. Oh my god. And it was left me with a bloody nose and goal. Mm-hmm. It was really oh embarrassing. That was my embarrassing. Yeah. I was just curious. Like, is there one, that, like is there one that gives you nightmares that you, yeah. you wake up, you're like. Oh. Um, I don't know. I guess I, when I was younger, uh, in Saskatoon, we have a kind of Saskatoon World Cup, and I was 15, 16, and we were playing like a quarterfinal game or something. I think they threw a ball in, and some guy just turned and hit it from like like 60 yards out, and like <laughs> over me, barred out, like fantastic goal. I think, I think he, the guy had like one arm, um, but it was a crazy goal, but it was still, it sucked. Yeah. Uh, I remember that <laughs> one, so it comes to mind. You got Rooney. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or Brian Rowe. It happens to the best. That's true, yeah. You're looking out from my point of view. Yeah. Now, just quickly about this season. Obviously, you're, you're in a, a battle. There's backup spots on the line, various things like that mm. at all. How have you found this pre-season camp compared to the other ones that you've been involved in? I know it's early days so far. Mm. No, I think it's different for sure. I think last year, at this point, I wasn't signed yet. Um, so I was fighting for a contract, and now I'm fighting to to be in the roster week in, week out. Um I'm a bit more comfortable being here for a year now, but it's still the same fight, the same intensity, and you're still trying to work into the next spot. That's great. Thank you so much for your time, and good luck this year. Cheers, Thomas. Thomas Hassel there talking about all things goalkeeping and just his his life as a goalkeeper really and another interesting chat there hope you enjoyed that one little bit of interjection there towards the end from JJ Adams who was just listening to the interview as I did that as well and as JJ revealed there a goalkeeper himself in his playing days 
For, for those that maybe don't know, JJ actually went over and played non-league football over in England. And Hasso, of course, is just one of the latest of a long, long line of top goalkeeping talent that the Whitecaps have produced. I mean, when you look at some of the names, Marco Carducci, Callum Irvin, Sean Melvin, Nolan Worth, a number of others... Max Repose certainly seems to be the number one at the Whitecaps for a number of years, though, so it's going to be interesting to see what kind of career path Thomas Hassel's career does take. You have to think he has to get playing time, and the under-23s just really isn't cutting it, so maybe a, a loan deal for him could be somewhere down the road. When Saskatchewan eventually gets a CPL team as well, it's kind of made for, for loaning him to that as well. But definitely one to watch for the future. And that is it for... This special shortened edition of the AFTN Soccer Show. A goalkeeping special. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, make sure you save this one. Zach and Steve will be back on Sunday with the live radio show on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM, citr.ca online. That episode of the show will also be a little bit different as it falls right in the middle of CITR's Fund Drive which is their annual fundraising campaign to try and raise money. The guys will explain more about that on Sunday's show. The podcast for that probably won't come out though until Tuesday, because I'll be travelling back on Monday from the UK. So until then, thanks for listening. Hope you've enjoyed this episode. A glove story. Don't forget to check out all our stuff on Away From The Numbers, AFTN.ca. You can give me a follow on Twitter at AFTNCanada. Give Zach a follow at Zachary AM and Steve at Whitecaps Beat. Also, don't forget to check out our YouTube channel at AFTN Canada and also our Instagram at AFTN Soccer. Until next time, take care and mourn the Goalkeepers Union. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life.